You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. This is the anthem of 90s kids. Oh, that's really nostalgic. Do you, do, you, do you feel that all the 90s times when you were kids, like all the times, all the good times? Oh, when oh, we all those 90s, early 2000s when I was trying to connect to the internet to play like Neopets, you know? Uh, all those times where no. you had to sit through that sound multiple times, hoping that your broadband connection would make it through. Good times. Anyway, uh, welcome to Tenny Point. We are going to talk about all the old tags way back in the days, what we experienced and what is our fondest and maybe frustration memories of it. Yeah, so just to, you know, follow up on the entire introduction that Kat kind of brought us through, the speed of the internet, mm. having to sit down, manually click connect when it comes to the broadband connection section right. and then sit through that sound in hopes that you know your connection goes through mm-hmm. and as your connection's going through if somebody calls your house your phone's going to take over that connection and your internet's no longer connected and you have to sit through the entire process again one more time yep. and uh, we're talking about these days we have internet speeds of 1 gigabit per second provided by companies like Time Internet for example. Right. But way back when we had at best maybe 1 megabit per second. Mm. That that's kind of on the high end as well. Right. Like some broadband systems run as low as like 500 kilobits per second. All the good times of the internet. What are the first thing that comes to mind when browsing the internet? I personally goes to gendao.com. That's my first internet experience. Gendao.com is basically an anime forums in some ways or another until Wow, Otaku <laughs> from the very beginning. <laughs> I watched I watched Cupcat to Sakura when I was a child. So, uh, that's basically marriage to something. But yeah, gendao.com is basically a anime forums where people can basically share their experience about their favorite animes. What are your guys' fondest memories when it comes to 90s and 2000s internet experience? In primary school, we had IT class. And IT class meant you can go on Disney.com or CartoonNetwork.com and play the best Flash browser games. The top three for me, personally. I don't know if you guys had this experience. Mm -hmm. Sandwich Stacker, the Lilo and Stitch version. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Samurai Jack. I personally could never get past a single map. But other people did and I watched them do it. Mm -hmm. And the grim adventures of Billy and Mandy. Those were fantastic Now Those were all my favourite shows to watch on TV as well, actually. But yeah, speaking of the games themselves, they were really, really good games for that point in time when we were playing them as kids. ICT class went on from primary school all the way to like midway through secondary school as well. And uh, we'd still kind of do the same thing. Just actually go into the IT lab, the Magmal ICT, and uh, log in as soon as we could possibly play mini clip games or flash games or whatever. As soon as the teacher took his eyes off of us, <laughs> we would be playing as many games as possible. And right. uh, as someone who has spent an unruly amount of time playing like mini clip games that are literally just 2D side scrollers, mm-hmm. uh, they were some of the best things that I actually experienced on the internet as a child. Right. Me personally, rather than mini clips, I go to newsgrounds. That is before YouTube was a thing. Um, but Flash is basically took off really super duper fast. And I've seen a lot of really good animations as well as games that basically run on Flash engines. Newsground is basically one of my fondest memories. And I'm really glad that uh, in 2021, 
Now that flash is basically died down and replaced with a much more secure HTML5. Game preservation has become really, really important because people can relieve all those old memories. I can't remember what the emulators to run Flash, but there is a software that you can basically emulate Flash games. It's and funny that you should mention the preservation of games that we used to play as kids online because mm-hmm. as of late, a lot of the games that we, we played as children, like uh, Counter-Strike, for example, or even uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert, mm-hmm. games like those are now popping up in the browser versions. Like, you can play those games from your browser. You don't even need to download the game locally anymore. Right. So, like, what, what do you think about that? What's Is that the direction we're heading towards? Browser gaming, but it's all games that you played as a kid. I think Malaysian can basically relate to this. Um, like, Neopets, Habo Hotel. Moving forward, I think that people can easily access to these particular games through the browser. I know for the fact that Google did, you know, like a doodle kind of thing when you open up uh, Google. For example, right now, they are currently doing the kind of like a rhythm games right now for uh, Google Doodle. You mean like O2 Gem? Kind of like O2 Gem. Oh, Gems. wow, that's a classic as well. Kind of like O2 Gem. Yeah, O2 Gem is also a really classic one. But yeah, browser games. No, no, guys. Game. Don't talk yeah. about the games. The games are for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from Gendoy and YouTube, I did sit around a significant amount of time getting into Wikipedia as well. When Wikipedia first This guy This guy be using <laughs> Forums and Wikipedia <laughs> As a kid Very mind Very mind This is when I first Start HTML um, Now uh, yeah That pretty much Explains Aiden's uh, Excessive development And coding prowess That he has Like when it comes To my personal experience When it comes to coding Do you guys remember The MySpace when, yes. when you guys literally have to hard code your profile to make it look pretty. Yeah. That's Tumblr also. <laughs> What's that? The, the blogging? Friendster. 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 Oh my god, I remember having to look up guides online on how to set up my profile correctly. Is yeah. the CSS, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. CSS. So that's basically my childhood experience. And then after i grown up, Fast forward, um, I become an IT developer. I guess <laughs> that's how I got here in the first place. Yeah, it started really young, didn't you? <laughs> started really young. But while yeah. the rest of us were playing Disney games. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, just to actually kind of talk a little bit more about like the actual use of like a computer, for example, mm-hmm. right? It didn't take too long from that point forth, you know, when we were playing mini clip games, flash games, uh, even Disney and Cartoon Network games online to um, actually playing games locally on your computer. Right. And you had a lot of games that you could play, uh, Age of Empires, Red Alert, so-and-so. One of the more interesting experiences that I want to share is trying to play multiplayer, but using the same computer and only having one mouse and keyboard. Because that is a a unique experience in its own. Like on our way in here, our producer, Harry, was actually kind of explaining on how a game called Jackrabbit, where you had to kind of share one keyboard among two different people. Right. And the person on the right, you'd get the up, down, left, right, as well as the number pad. So that would be kind of easy to use. But the person on the left, God bless the person on the left. (laughs) Good luck finding your way through all of the existing characters and figuring out what keys do what. Uh, Actually, it's quite a romantic experience because two people sharing a keyboard, your arms have to be intertwined. I mean, two two people is fine, but three people is... mm. Imagine playing with your crush. If you had game, but I'm guessing you guys didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Technipod, where cat roses. God. But yeah, um, after the transition from a game that you basically use um, one mouse and one keyboard to play video games, that's when console has become more and more mainstream. Like, for example, um, Sega Genesis, PlayStation 1, and so far and so forth. And consoles back then was really good for building lung power. 
Do you remember blowing into cartridges hoping that they'll start working? Oh, oh yeah, you God. mean like my games probably dying because I kind of spat in them as I was blowing into them? Oh God, one of the consoles that does that will be Super Nintendo Entertainment System as well as Sega Genesis. Me personally, I don't have any issues with Sega Genesis. Do you guys have any kinds of issues regarding blowing cartridges? I had plenty of problems with like the memory cards on like PlayStation ones, having to like take it out halfway through because your file wasn't loading. Your, you know that save file that you spent like 16, 17 hours playing on your only weekend to play games that your parents let you. Right. And then it, that save file doesn't load on the PlayStation one. So you take <laughs> it out, you blow as hard as humanly possible till your lungs almost collapse, and then you put it back in and it still doesn't load. I would say back then it really cultivated a strong sense of like patience. Patience, um, maybe it made me a little bit more religious because I prayed the most back then. Yeah, me too. Please, God, let it work. Please. Like, please, God, my, my, my save file of Digimon, don't, don't delete it, please. I'll be good. I'll do my homework. Uh, I'll get all A's in the next exam. That's when, um, from Sega Genesis as well as SNES moving to PlayStation 1, that's when CD-ROM was introduced. We no longer have that issues anymore. God bless. Thank but God. we had other issues. Oh, yeah, CDs themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you remember going, going to the shop to actually buy a CD? They were 10 ringgit actually, those discs. Right. They were really, really cheap. But half of the time, some of them just don't work. And the other half of the time... They work for maybe the first five or six months you own them. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to visit the CD and it's just completely dead. Oh, that is that is really unfortunate. Then you have to go back to the there shop. Uncle, <laughs> why it stop working, uncle? Uh, what's your favourite or rather, what is your most fond console during the era? Definitely PlayStation 1. There was just this insane leap forward with the PlayStation 1. The fact that discs could be found almost anywhere. And I mean this not just overseas. Even here in Malaysia... You could get your PlayStation 1 games from almost anywhere. You, the ability for you to get like an insane amount of games is really there. Especially with the fact that you could save. So you could actually play a little bit, save and then come back. Right. Compared to the Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance, you can save but once you ruin the cartridge, you're no longer able to retrieve the And the, the thing is, out. you only had one save as well. Yeah. yeah. So my brothers are almost 10 years older than I am. So I got into like the gaming scene quite late because every Everything was no. You don't play. You watch us play. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's when the the let's play become becoming a thing. Um, basically, just watching other people's play because you have to sit in the sideline because your brothers or your sister basically. It is the younger brothers and sisters of the world that are making streamers money right now. <laughs> all, all, all the younger brothers of the world. I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm a younger brother too. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. Now moving from the console, do you guys remember the indestructible Nokia three three ten? Remember it? I had one at one point in time. I was ten years old. I had my Digi SIM card in there. I had like 10 ringgit of reload that, well, I pretty much paid for the SIM card and it came with 10 ringgit reload right. in there. Yeah. Never used it though. Never needed to actually SMS anybody or actually call anybody. Like, but never. you know what was important? Having infrared to send pictures over. Oh, yes. right. Now, yeah. that, that was the main key feature. That that and the fact that the original snake on the phone was really good. Yes, yes the yeah. original snake as well as the space. space. Impact. Yes, yes, much oh, better man. than the modern day version. The 3D nonsense. Nah, we don't like that here. <laughs> I miss the time when um, snake games it become a really, really staple of gaming during the time as well as how we typing in general way back in the days because in order for you to go to C letter you have to tap the number two twice so I can't remember what's the terminology of that keypad but I think that 
when I get older, I miss that kind of keypad. You know, yeah, I, I used to really enjoy using that keypad. I could type a message in my pocket without ever taking my phone out. Like, oh, I just right, remember, yeah. I just remember which key was where and how many times to press to get to what what letter. You know, it wasn't hard to remember even while you were growing up, and that was nice because mm. that kind of felt like. Your phone didn't need to be in front of your face for you to use it. Yep. Back then, like, phones were very discreet. If you wanted to use your phone secretly in front of your parents or your teachers, not that difficult because they were quite small. Yeah, it was a competition. Who had the smallest phone? At the time, who could yeah. bring Who could bring it to school without anybody noticing? Yeah. It's kind of ironic that once we get older, it's, a, it's about who got the biggest phone. Especially when, you know... Samsung Galaxy Note uh, become a thing Samsung Galaxy Flip become a thing yeah the whole idea of tablets phone yeah. tablets you know when those came out I was like yeah we're going in the complete wrong direction here if you have a choice do you want a smaller or medium or large size phone so yeah I'm rocking the iPhone 12 and uh, in my hand right now it feels as if it belongs there I'm, I'm an Apple shield so I'm just gonna shield out for them uh, but yeah I like the size of uh, the iPhones right now they mm-hmm. feel very user focused what were you get like what is I would say like in the past I really liked the size of the iPhone 5 mm-hmm. now I use an iPhone 10 but once you go up like in the sizes right. using the iPhone 5 feels like using a toy yeah it doesn't it, it feels yeah. like comparable to the Nokia 3310 already you know yeah. it feels like a significant leap backwards it's kind of weird but I guess it's just whatever you're used to if the mobile companies decide to move backwards decide to go smaller in size eventually mm-hmm. we'll get used to that again yeah maybe I mean there are a couple of smartphone companies are trying to do a flip phones again um, so we'll see if that's become a fruition oh, in the future oh yeah flip phones flip phones was I think by the Motorola. thing back then yeah, yeah, yeah Samsung yeah. had a flip phone the Moto Razr for Motorola was probably the most popular the flip one, yeah. phone my best friend had a Moto Razr Mm-hmm. And he absolutely loved that thing. I can't believe they they've actually gone from in style to other style to back in style again. The right. Galaxy Z Flip is coming out in not too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how the new flip phones look kind of like Game Boy SPs. Kinda yeah, is, they yeah. do. They Kinda do. Is. That's when like the limitation kind of stops because at the time we as a kid we enjoy listening to music, right? So that's when MP3 become our supplement to our entertainment. I rocking Sony Walkman that is the CD based version that you have to change your AA batteries constantly when oh, you really yeah. ran out of batteries. After that, I have the Sony Ericsson Walkman the flash drive version which is super duper compact and I still love it it is a small size it is 8 gig but I still enjoy it regardless actually when I was in primary school one of my birthday wishes was to get a radio right yeah so I got one it was quite big and um, I loved it so much I listened to the radio every night so, so, so here's the question does your radio have a CD compartment that it had prefer? a CD compartment so I felt very fancy because it both had like the tape player as well as the CD player oh right yeah. so I had full breadth of choices you could listen to live radio you could listen to any tape that you had or you could even listen to any CD that you could burn at any point in and time. the thing is I didn't have any CDs or cassettes of my own so I just found whatever was in the house and mm-hmm. in the house we had Backstreet Boys wow what a so, way to like, discover I, just, I spent the whole night listening to Backstreet Boys I memorized their song just because that was the only choice I had at the time that was the only thing you could listen to <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then my very first CD was actually Taylor Swift's first album Ooh. and I thought wow this girl is good and she's pretty 
Mine personally would be Linkin Park um, Hybrid Theory That's my that's my first yes, one Yes, I had an original Hybrid Theory disc That I bought from Speedy Anybody remember Speedy oh here God. in Malaysia? This brand of oh. company That was dedicated to selling discs Here in Malaysia Yeah, Speedy was the go-to place To buy all of your discs For cartoon, anime, TV shows, movies You had to wait like Half a year to an entire year after a movie came out in the cinema to find the disc at Speedy. But people would still wait for it because it'd be easier to buy the disc than to watch the movie itself. And for the most part, Speedy's kind of disappeared these days, but back in the glory days, Speedy was the place to get your music fix. Hybrid Theory, the disc version from Linkin Park Studio themselves, was actually sold here about two months after Hybrid Theory went live when we were kids. Oh, right. And yeah, yeah. believe it or not, it was 20 ringgit. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is super duper affordable way back in days. But albums that popular were so expensive. They were like oh, 40 yeah. ringgit back then. Yeah, 40 ringgit is a lot of money back then too. Yeah, yeah I we, mean We like... speak as if we're 50 years old and back then was a long time ago. But <laughs> 21 like... years is still quite a long time. <laughs> 15 years ago, I would say. <laughs> uh, now we already talked about our rather reminiscent uh, all of the really interesting old gadgets when it comes to like the new gadgets i think way back in the days phones has become our staple in our lives although mostly for communications purposes only like on the topic of like smartphones being like a part of our lives right Mm -hmm. if we look at phones that we have in our hands right now as smartphones and the phones that we used to use back then as like let's just say dumb phones right Mm -hmm. again this is another cycle that's repeating itself because there are currently dumb phones being manufactured so to help people kind of disconnect from the world as well. All right, Phones yeah. that don't come with an app store, so you can't download WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And all you can do is text and call. Like, the idea of so many cycles just coming back to themselves once again right. is uh, also really, really cool. It's happening across a lot of different uh, like genres of smart devices. Mm-hmm. And I think that nicely wraps up for today's episode. And I hope that this episode feel a little bit nostalgic for the 90s kids. And um, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Till then, till then.